today we're going to be reading from Matthew 3, beginning at verse 13. That's Matthew 3, verse 13. It says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove of lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Let's pray. We pray that my words direct us to you, and we pray that you speak to us this morning. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. So, good morning again, everyone, and welcome to the final week of our Who Is This Man series. Uh, this series has been a lot of fun for me. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, we've been asking, Who Is This Man? Jesus. And it turns out there's a lot to say about Jesus. We could probably keep going, uh, but we'll, we'll go back to it, I promise. We're not really done with Jesus. Jesus isn't really done with us. Uh, but as I say, for the next few months, we'll be looking at the book of Exodus uh, and the way that God reveals God's heart throughout that book and God's heart for folks who might not feel as loved as they should be. But we've been looking, uh, we've been asking this question, who is this man since Easter? Who is this man who calms the seas? Who is this man who is this teacher who eats with sinners? Who is this king that washes feet? And the answer to all of those questions, every Sunday school student knows that the answer is what? Jesus. There we go. Very good. Um, in fairness, I was not very good in Sunday school. I know that's going to come as a shock to a lot of you. Uh, <laughs> I think I've told this story before, but about 10 years ago, I ran into one of my Sunday school teachers when I just started youth pastoring, and she was like, I just want you to know, James, that you were the worst one. <laughs> That's probably fair. One of the reasons for this is I wasn't there every week, and that meant that I didn't know the answers to the questions, and that made me somewhat unruly. And I really didn't like just sitting there and listening. Like, I'm not really built to just sit and listen. And that is one of the many reasons that today might look a little bit different, but we'll get to that later. We've been looking at who Jesus spends his time with. We've been looking at how wide that range of people is. And we kind of almost ended the series last week where Jesus has this encounter with the devil in the desert. But that didn't feel like a good place to leave the series. I mean, Jesus does win that confrontation and does win forever. Uh, but, but I wanted to end on something a bit more beautiful than that, I think. Because, of course, there is another one who Jesus spends a lot of his time with during his earthly ministry. It's also the same one who Jesus spent 
a lot of time with, or all his time with, before the creation of the Earth, and will continue to spend his time with until the new creation and through that too. And that, of course, is God himself, or, or God themselves, if we're really paying attention to the nature of that Trinitarian relationship. So I wanted to look very briefly, I mean, actually quite briefly today, about some of the times that Jesus spent time alone in prayer in Scripture. And, and hopefully, maybe it's helpful to you too. Hopefully some of it will apply to you. And you can use that to focus your time in prayer later, because after that, in about six or seven minutes, if I've timed this right, uh, we're going to use this image that you were handed on the way in. People on the stream, don't worry, it's going to be on the screen as well. And we're going to gaze at these things and give God an opportunity to speak to us through it. Um, I can't stress how stressful this kind of stuff is for me. Uh, when I am speaking, that means I'm in control. It means that I don't have to rely on God as much. Uh, I should do, but I don't have to. But when I leave silence, I'm fully relying on God to fill that silence. One of the first times I did something like this was, again, when I was youth pastoring. And the kids were like, we want to hear God speak. And I'm like, that's great, because God does speak. And they said, how about tonight? And I went, oh, no. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I spent the, the afternoon trying to make space and work out and everything. And my friend, who's very wise, said to me, like, you really just need to trust that God's going to show up. And so that's what I did. And I desperately prayed that God would show up. And, and God does. God is very gracious like that. So uh, hopefully that's expressed some of my anxiety about giving over control <laughs> to the one who is ultimately in control. We're going to give space for God to speak and, and try to remember what we learned last week, that if those words are words of peace or love or encouragement, they're most likely from God, or best case scenario, worst case scenario, they're just good things to hear. And if you hear some words of cruelty, and they're probably not from God, and we probably don't need to pay them too much regard. But let's look at a couple of the times that Jesus spends alone in prayer, and, and kind of why he does that. It seems that one of the times he's doing that is when he's preparing for something big. And, and we did look at this last week. That verse that we read this morning, this is my son who I'm well pleased, it kind of merges into what we learned last week about Jesus going, spending time, preparing himself in the desert, which ends with those temptations by the devil. But to prepare himself for ministry, he spends these 40 days. And we don't know exactly what that time looks like, but we do know that it must have been effective because at the end, even when Jesus is famished and exhausted, the devil's schemes fail. The devil's schemes to try and destroy, dissuade and distract Jesus from that major task that he has that is his earthly ministry, uh, those things fail. But maybe there's some folks who have a bit of that feeling, like there's a big thing on the horizon. Rita talked about schools returning. I know we have teachers here. I know that we have students here. What does it look like to take some time in prayer and preparation for what's to come there? Maybe you can relate to Jesus a little bit. 
Somewhat linked to this is a time that Jesus makes a big decision. Before he makes a big decision, Jesus takes some time alone to pray. In Luke 6, we hear that uh, one of those days, Jesus went out on the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When the morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Uh, my dear friend Phyllis, who hates it when I point her in the audience, but she's one of my favorite people, so I do it quite a lot, uh, is so good at telling me that whenever something is on her mind, whenever there is a big decision, when something big needs to be made, take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And I think, Phyllis, you're going to hate me saying this, but I think you do a fantastic job of imitating Jesus in those moments, taking time alone to bring those thoughts, to bring those troubles, to bring those concerns to God. So thank you for continuing to inspire me. Another time that we see Jesus taking time alone in prayer is to grieve. This may resonate a little bit. In Matthew, we hear about the execution of his cousin and friend, John the Baptist. And we're told in verse 13, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. There are so many people grieving right now. And some of those grieves, those grievings are really acute, and some of them are an exhaustion of what the last two and a half years have for some of us, we're kind of grieving a forced solitude that has drawn us out of community. And for others, it's been a, a forced community where we haven't been able to take any time to ourselves. But years and years on that weigh on us. And I, I love that Jesus doesn't just put on a brave face here. I love that Jesus goes, I gotta, I gotta take some time. Because I think it gives us permission to do the same. Related to this, I think, is the prayer that we see Jesus pray in Gethsemane. This is, interestingly, one of the times we actually kind of get to be a fly on the wall on what Jesus prays when he's alone with God. The other times we hear that he went alone to pray, this time we hear that he goes alone to pray. But we actually get to hear the conversation. We get to hear what it is like when Jesus is alone with God. And I can't, I can't help but wonder, because I can only assume that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit have been in this beautiful, love-filled, like, sonnet and conversation and reverie for forever, <laughs> since before the dawn of creation. But instead, the prayer that we see is this, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. To be blunt, it's, Dad, I don't want to do this. And I've got to be honest, uh, I've prayed that prayer a few times myself too. <laughs> it's reassuring to know that actually my, my prayers are kind of closer to Jesus's than, than sometimes I give credit for. So those, those are a few of the reasons that Jesus spends time alone with God. It's a little insight as to what prayer can look like. 
And we haven't really focused on those times of joy or praise where uh, it seemed to get to him, and so he took some time out. <laughs> or even those times that he had so much fun that he got into trouble in his ministry, and that probably ended in prayer too. But I do want to give us a bit of room for God to speak to us today. Uh, Bill Ryan likes leading Lectio Divinas, where we'll focus on a passage of scripture and allow God to breathe and speak and sing to us through it. Uh, but I like pictures. So. <laughs> now, the people in the congregation have a few instructions. The people online don't. That's okay. I'm just going to give you some instructions and give you a few minutes, then come back with a few instructions, give you a few minutes give you some instructions, give you a few minutes. So let's, let's begin just for a few moments looking at the painting, being still, and, and being in a posture to listen to God's voice. Some of you might want to lay down, some of you might want to walk around, some of you might want to kneel, some of you might just want to sit as you are. It's okay. And Lord, we pray that you open the eyes of our hearts, of our minds. Open our ears to what you have to say to us today. And let's look at this image. Ask questions. Ask God to help you see what God wants you to see. Or notice what he wants you to notice. What is it that stirs in you?
And as you continue to look at the image, pray through what you're noticing in that image. Ask God for his help. Let's ask God what God is trying to speak to us through this image today.
finally, we remember that we abide in Jesus and Jesus abides in us. So give God a moment to speak what this should change, what words and actions are needed to greater reveal his love to people. Thank you, Jesus, for, for everything you've shared with us today. We pray that we continue to listen to that song of love that you sing over us, wherever we are. So uh, sometimes God speaks to us, and they are words for just us. And sometimes God speaks to us, and they are words for the people around us. Um, so if anyone has anything that they would like to share from this time, the floor is open. Uh, but it's absolutely fine if that was a more personal experience for people. I just don't want to ever stifle the opportunity to share if it's that. It looks like this was a very personal experience, which is beautiful. I just want to say that this is nothing that you guys can't just do on your own. This doesn't need my uh, word or authority or anything like that. Um, just remember that God is always eager, always desperate to speak those words of love to you. It doesn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be me reminding you. There are different ways people communicate. There's different ways that people listen. And so if this is helpful for you, like do it. All, all you need is an image and to ask God to keep on revealing himself through it. Let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll finish with some worship. Well, we do thank you that you delight to speak to us. Well, we thank you for this series, for all that we have learned about you. Uh, we thank you for 
revealing more and more of yourself. And we thank you that there is always more of yourself to reveal. I pray that the words that the people heard today were words of love from you. And Lord, anything that wasn't from you, we pray that that falls to the floor now. That they're not taken away, that they don't take root. Lord, we remember that we abide in you and you abide in us. We thank you so much for that. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.